too, there's no goal that's too big. It's just, how do you make it happen really? And look yeah. at all the pieces to that. Don't make it a pie in the sky dream, make it an actionable dream. Hello and welcome everyone to Her Money Club Stories. My name is Rachelle Minnie. I am the founder of Her Money Club. The intention for these beautiful discussions is to really collect women's stories of how they've overcome various challenges related to money and life and the journey that unfolds. In Her Money Club, we talk a lot about aligning our money strategy with our life purpose. And in order to create a thriving life, there's a lot of process that goes around that journey. So as we collect all these different pieces of the journey and have these amazing women share their stories, please make sure you are also sharing your stories along the way and enjoying the adventure that we are all on. Today we have Desiree with us and I'm so excited to be talking with you because I know a lot of what you and your partner do in business really supports others in their endeavors and kind of their dreams. So if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about you and the projects that you're kind of working on. So lots of new things, especially in the past year have been developing, but you mentioned my partner, we we basically are property managers. Both of us have experience in that realm, real estate. I personally enjoy a lot of the nuance that goes into what happens after a real estate transaction occurs. So how do you manage it? What happens? What's this whole process? My background is interior design. So I definitely liked that entire like project kind of component to it. I know a lot of people think that's you know, a professional pillow on sofa kind of <laughs> situation. But I think we're, we're getting more into the understanding that there's a lot of like architecture and construction management and, and a lot of those components on how do you make uh, environments livable. And I that translated a lot into my career in property management, which I've been in, oh gosh, almost 20 years now. So on and off. So um, in different capacities and roles. So now it's going out on my own. I also am in the midst of finishing my certificate of accounting at UCLA. So I'm, I'm trying to get that component, get that commercial and real estate, like how you watch the money, how do you make real estate really profitable at the end uh, and watching it and tracking it and, and getting those budgets and getting those reports out and understanding what that means. I love explaining that to somebody who knows they can make money in, in real estate, but they don't really know, well, how, you know, we, we all believe that it definitely is something we see out there, but I definitely like lifting that veil essentially to, to my clients. And, and even in the uh, capacity of how do you handle tenants? How do you take that emotional cue of like, how do you not lose money on somebody who's going to trash your apartment with having a good conversation. So lots of experience bringing to that, but creating a lot of systems too. So I'm definitely a big lover of computers and software and, and all of that. So we're growing and we're definitely like trying to, to, to push this out there and, and get that education of how basically you can bring some wealth with real estate, but also understanding how and why. Yes. I love this topic. And I know that's how you and I connected was um, through real estate. So I would love for you to actually share maybe a little bit more of the details around how you do help people in that capacity, because a lot of the women that I talk to in, through Her Money Club community, or just even in um, financial planning and consulting, they are looking for other avenues to build wealth. And they've usually heard about, you know, the typical 401k or IRA or stock market, but there is this kind of 
seeming barrier to entry around real estate. Um, unless you like know someone who knows someone or whatever, have even for myself, like my father is in real estate and always has been. So I feel like I have this kind of default like go-to yeah. around it, whereas a lot of people don't. No, and it's very true. I mean, not that it's specifically real estate, but my family, a lot of my family are educators and medical professionals. So somehow if someone will say something, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound right. And they're like, what do you know? I'm like, well, I grew up around that. You just, you hear that dialogue. That's the first thing I say is, is get into hearing what, what's going on. Um, doing a little bit of research. I'm always going to tell someone, don't put your money somewhere you don't understand. And even if you trust somebody else, you have a partner and I have a partner, but I know like I vetted her, she knows what she's talking about. So that's, that's a thing is, know the person who you're working with because you can't do it on your own. That's that's the biggest thing is you're going to have to build a network of people around you. You're going to have to have a great broker who's on your side, who's not trying to just make their commission cut. Uh, you're going to have to have possibly a good property manager because you scale up to a certain size. And yes, you can do it on your own. And, and you and I have talked about, it's not even worth the stress half the time. You're like, oh, I could have somebody 6% of this rent and not really thought about this, knowing where to find that and finding somebody, how to vet that person. Cause that's like the person that's essentially, uh, we, uh, we jokingly call it, me and my partner, like glorified babysitting is what property management is. It's just, you're dealing with basically just somebody's where they live, their home most of the time. And even in commercial where you're doing like offices and retail and whatnot, that's their livelihood. So one way or the other, you have to put a little bit of a value on that. So I, I like to say, if you're trying to get started, there are great avenues like Airbnb and short-term rentals where you can rent out a room, but knowing like your city's laws about that, because like I, I actually had an Airbnb in Denver and I was making quite a bit of money on it. Very minimal return on my effort. I think I spent a total of like four hours a week working on it, but making, you know, somewhere between two and $4,000 extra a month. So it was nice. But then the city of Denver started creating like legal restrictions about short-term rentals. And there are reasons there was no inventory. And and that that's the other thing is understanding like, well, how many renters are there out in your city and what you're doing and where you are? Is that going to be profitable for you? So, but yeah, I would start with something small, running out small space, building that up into bigger and bigger and decide how involved do you want to be. I get once in a while, I get a property manager and they think they want to be, or I get an owner. They want to, they want to be super involved. They want to know the tenant. They want to love them. And I'm like, I totally appreciate that. But at the same time, you may, they may not have the emotional intelligence to handle that. And I feel like that seems to be the bigger, they understand the money coming in. I'm like, oh, but they don't quite understand the drain it is when you've got a, you know, a 2 a.m. call with a roof that caved in and you've got to figure out, well, what do I do? Because if not, I, I tell people, start looking into REITs. They give you good, they give you a good real estate investment, which is like a, I mean, if nobody really knows what they are, it's, just, it's basically like the stock market of real estate investing where you have a large conglomerate of, and it was really designed for the regular person to invest in real estate, but be kind of hands-off. They usually have pretty decent returns over, over long periods of time. So that's usually where I tell someone like, you really want to get in real estate and you don't want to be involved and you don't want to spend your time. That's, that's where to put the money. Yeah. I love that. Um, I used to do a lot more REITs and then I started working with my dad. And so now we do take on capital partners and my dad is such a genius when it comes to finding deal. Like just in working with him more and more, I'm like, wow, he is phenomenal at the expertise of finding, like he's always coming up. There's, there's definitely some people. Ways. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's so many people that I feel like have a magnetism for it. And yeah. I don't know where they are. And, and I, I tend to like follow this. I'm like, where, where are you doing this? And I, I'm a licensed broker because in, in Colorado or where I work, you have to have a license unless you are an on-site apartment community, like salaried manager, you have to have a license to do property management. And I just know I'm like, where are these people finding these deals? Like, that's kind of how we met. I'm like, okay, you've got to like get out there and network. You've got to talk to people. You've got to see what's going on. And it's really timing too, is like waiting for the right time and having just enough capital to, and knowing like, okay, all the numbers make sense here. Let's do, or they're close enough to making sense. I can make this work then, then executing. And real estate's absolutely not a get rich quick scheme at all in any way. So <laughs> I, I can't ever stress that enough to people is it's, it's definitely the long game. It's definitely a fun game if you want to get into it but it's definitely not for uh, the weak of heart and those who are not willing to like wait it out. And there's always a good timing in the market. So they always say like, buy now, buy the, at a certain time or buy like right now the market's great. And well, the brokers are always going to say the market's great because they want right. to sell. So it's, really it's always like, great to someone for some reason. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's really like, is your purpose right now? Or is this your location? I mean, we've talked to other people who go just the next state over where real estate's like so much uh, le- less expensive, but they've got developing cities. So it's, it makes sense. Those numbers work and, and they've started building up networks there. So it's just being smart and doing a little bit of research and finding the right people to trust and then figuring out what aspect of how you invest in real estate works for you. I love, love all of that. Um, I want to transition a little bit here just into your own journey and maybe it's relevant to real estate. And if it is, feel free to stay on that kind of line of, of thinking. But if you wouldn't mind just sharing maybe a time when you had like a big decision that you had to make around money and how it may be related to changing your trajectory with money or shifted how you think and feel about money. I'd say actually the biggest financial pivot in my life was when I finished undergrad. I went to a private school and like so many folks in their like mid to late thirties, like me, they had no clue that, Hey, you know, I'm going to give somebody $120,000 worth of money when they're 18, essentially to, to put towards school, but I'm not going to really explain like the repercussions. We're not going to talk about what you study means anything. So I had to learn how to manage my money very quickly. And it was really just me. From then on, I pretty much always had a side hustle if I did not have my main career. Because I was like, I got to pay this down, at least to the point where I can sleep at night. I, I realized in attempting to go after like a creative industry, it actually forced me down my money path. Because I actually went into property management knowing, well, I understand how spaces work. I understand how to talk to people about where they live. And that got me into like being a leasing agent. So uh, it was really interesting to kind of see that some people are like, well, you never went to do that. You spent all that money. But I'm like, no, it was, it was kind of like the biggest life lesson that financially pushed me in the direction. And I eventually went and got my MBA because I realized I'm talking to these people about $16 million buildings. I better understand how business works. So it definitely inspired me to take more control about how I saw money um, and what those numbers meant and what, you know, basically you're not being told when you're, you know, a teenager going to college thinking, oh, I'm going to have the college life. And, mm-hmm. and I did very much so, but <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, I yeah. think that was like the biggest pivot in understanding money and feeling. There were many years of tears and 
oh my gosh, how am I ever going to pay this much off? Or, and you realize that there's always more money to be made out in the world. You can, you can get that done. It definitely took probably a good decade of learning to swallow my pride a little bit. And then also learning to uh, realize that this is not the end of the world financially and I can make this happen. So it's definitely been a long journey with that, but a good one and probably one of the best lessons I've learned about money. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned like I wish there was a way to like, before anyone enters into the agreement of college, like understanding, okay, you're getting this degree, which maybe equals this amount of money in a career and you're spending X amount to get it. Like, is the investment worth it just from a dollars and cents? Yes. The experience. Yes. all Cause that's what we really think about. Right. It's like, yeah, I want to go to college and party and hang out and do all these things. And yeah. yeah, I'll get a degree in something I love and I'll finally get to study things I actually like, unlike the beginning part of my life, right? But <laughs> do we ever actually sit down? And, I never did think about like, okay, I'm spending a hundred grand on this and it's going to net me a $60,000 a year career. How, like, how long is it going to take me to pay this off or whatever it is? So definitely food for thought as we. Yeah. <laughs> no, it actually reminds me. So one of my side hustles right after undergrad was I was tutoring math to middle school charter girl, the girls going to charter school. And it was mostly because I grew up in a family where math was valued highly. So it was never thought that like, oh, I can't do math because I'm a girl, which always makes me like twitchy eyed. I'm like, same. Yeah. I feel like we so, talked about this too. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, uh, I remember during the summer, I would, we would do these summer sessions where we would take the math and apply it to real things. So this 12 year old I was tutoring was talking about going to Harvard. And I said, great, great ambition. How are you paying for it? And she looked at me and said, what do you mean? And so we, we went there and we looked at like what it cost, like getting financial aid are you living in the dorms? Are you living with six roommates? How are you affording your life? Are you getting a job while doing this? Because what are you studying? And I'm like, there is absolutely no problem having that goal, but it's more, how do you make that goal happen? And then by the end of it, she's like, well, I don't even know what I want to do. Maybe I should just go to community college for two years. And then when I really know what I want to do, go to the best school for what I want. And I'm like, I was great idea. (laughs) And it was just her, but it was what she came up and actually she had an older sister who she was trying to tell her advice on how to get into college and how to like manage her money. And I was like, oh, good. I'm just, I'm so glad she thinks in a broader sense of how do I make it happen to, there's no goal that's too big. It's just, how do you make it happen really? And look at all the pieces to that. Don't make it a pie in the sky dream. Make it an actionable dream. Yeah. And reverse engineer it like you suggested, right? It's like walking through all those steps. Um, I'm curious, and I don't know from your life journey how this has unfolded. Were you ever in like a like solid career and then transition into running your own business or all you? Oh, I've worked for multiple property management companies, real estate companies. For a while, I was married, uh, someone in the military. So it was really whatever management job I got. So I've been, I'd worked in um, short-term furniture rent or furniture. Uh, what is it? Rent to own furniture and TV. So I learned a lot about <laughs> how furniture was built and, and how that cycle. Yeah. And so I, I kind of would take on whatever job, whatever secondary job. And then, and then my very first job, like out of high school was blockbuster video, which I always attest to like creating like this corporate structured environment of how I like see the world, which I really, really appreciate because 
that was something that had their system down, you know, send everything in every week, you get everything organized, you put it all out there for everybody. And you're having 17 to 19 year olds execute this. So I'm like, if you have a system in place, it's not who, how educated is your workforce? It's how much support do you give them? And I can't, I can't imagine in every time I was taking on a leadership role, that was how I thought about it. I'm like, okay, how do I get everyone the tools they need so that we can get things going and have fun with it too? Like, okay, now, now it's a competition. Can we beat how we handled these systems better the next time? So it's only been probably in the past three years that I've um, gone out on my own specifically. Now I've always had like the side hustle with my real estate license, but um, structuring something where, Hey, I'm putting this offer out into the world. That's been pretty recent. So, yeah. And my curiosity around that is more of like using your train of thought. Cause I think you have a really good way of explaining this. So I'm curious to know how you reverse engineered, like from the point at which you're like, okay, I want to go out on my own and do this thing. Um, what was your thought process uh, around like timelines, but also even feeling comfortable to do it, to take the leap to do that and just kind of how that process worked for you? Uh, well, honestly, being divorced and having more personal time gave me that like window of ability to sit and dig through like, well, how would I do this? How does this and finishing uh, my graduate degree. So I wasn't in like graduate school doing that full, full on like workload. I'm like, okay, now I have for me, like working is the hobby. So I'm like, okay, well, what else can I do? Because making money is fun to me. But I also would realize that like my strength was I would be asked, can you fix this? Can you do this? Can we, Desiree, you know how this works. And I realized that I want to share that with those who are like, they want to get there. They they want to build that wealth. They want to make that money. And even a little bit extra, giving someone another thousand dollars a month changes your life. So I love seeing how that can happen and be put, put out there and, and just make things a little bit better. So I think that driver of, hey, I've been asked to solve a lot of little problems how do I make that a business where I can actually like execute that and get that energy out? My sister likes to call it like I'm a reformed know-it-all. So I like to just make sure that I, I, I put that energy somewhere, but in a positive way. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What do you think instilled in you, like at the earliest point in, in life, like at what point did you just decide or realize, or was there some pivotal moment where it was like, I really enjoy the making of the money because I can say for a lot of women that hasn't ever been like their go-to or been instilled in them. And there's almost like this fear of money or not knowing how, like just a a not knowing. I think, well, I grew up with a lot of career driven women. My mother was director in a hospital system in California. Um, My aunt was like an administrator and these are women I was around all the time. My grandmother, uh, so I'm half Puerto Rican. My grandmother's from Puerto Rico and she had a master's degree and my grandfather worked at McDonald's. So it was never a thought in my mind that women can't go off and do what they want. And early, even when I was very small, my poor mother, like I would start, we didn't have recycling in my neighborhood. I started like this recycle business when I was eight, where we'd go and collect everyone's recyclables. And my poor mother had to help me figure out how to like go recycle them because we just don't have it there. pick up. So, uh, and then I started like a little business where I was like, well, I could mow lawns, but I could also like, like fix this thing or paint the windows or little odd jobs. So I think it was like, 
before I had tech, but I'm like, this is like TaskRabbit before, because I would, yeah. ex- I would, I would hire all of my little coworkers, or my, I call them coworkers, <laughs> my friends in the neighborhood to go execute. So I'm like, well, if I could do this, I could pay someone part of it and then they could go do it. And yeah. uh, it was just a lot of fun to me to see. And it wasn't, it wasn't always like about how do I get more money, but I saw what money did. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. all I want is to get, if I want this, I have to make this. And yeah. I think that's how I saw it. I, I didn't, and I mean, I've been in positions where like I've spent too much and I've gone into debt and filed bankruptcy and learned, the, gone down that um, rabbit hole in life. So I've seen as an adult how it's so easy to go down a slippery slope if you don't keep that focus. But um, I, uh, and probably in the past three years, I've been pulling back that childhood mentality of like, okay, if I want this, how do I go earn this to go get it? Yeah. I, I feel like we have kind of similar experiences that cause same, I have declared bankruptcy before. I had a lot of health and medical stuff that had come up um, earlier about seven or eight years ago. And so having that experience, I'm so, I'm actually really grateful. I had that early on to then help me to kind of do your point, like really stay focused on what matters most of like the excitement around money and flowing money through my world. And like, having it be like this game and gamified approach to like making money. Um, I'm wondering for you in the experience of kind of like those more down moments or even maybe moments of fear around money, like what may have come up for you or what kind of learnings did you have from those moments? Usually just drove me to therapy, to be honest, because I realized that I was like, okay, my head is not right in this situation. My life is not right in this situation. Or part of me tried to remember, like, who was that person? I'm like, when was I, when did I stop that fearlessness of when I could just go after what I wanted? So honestly, that's where I personally like found that. It was like, okay, I'm I'm going back to therapy. I, I need to talk this out with somebody who's like objective, who's gonna at least, you know, give me some feedback. It's in a private kind of situation where we can dig into some whys or where this came from or what recently happened that might've just started this process and dial it back. Cause I, I know like in your head, you can, you can reprogram yourself essentially to, to have these like clear thoughts about what you want and not distract. I think then that's the thing is you get so bogged down with so many things, you get distracted and it just kind of messes with you a little bit. And yeah, taking that time to self-care. And um, that's my, it's a big thing for me is making sure that you pull in some self-care because that's going to give you perspective. And I think that's something that women tend to, we're always doing everything. And I, I don't have children. I can't, I can't imagine having kids with everything I do on top of all of this. So every single woman I know who's killing it, and then they've got a kid and they're like, yeah, and I've got a nanny and I've got this. And I'm like, yeah, you got to plan it. And I commend them. Like my sister has a one-year-old and she's, she's an esthetician. She's going to start launching a skincare like regimen program. And, and she's ecstatic about it, but she's like, I, and it's going to take me a little longer. She's like, I have to make a better world for my son. So I'm like, okay, I think that's the thing is we all, but I'm like, stop and give yourself an afternoon to take care of yourself. Cause if you don't stop to have that retrospective, like, like think about what's going on, you can't, you can't move forward. So, and I think that's, that's what I learned the most from therapy and having those down moments was it's okay to pause a little bit and figure out like regroup and then move forward. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And having that support system. And Mm -hmm. that's something I really wanted for the women for her money club and created a community around it. So there would be what it, you know, it's not a bunch of therapists, but it's a support system, like a place Mm -hmm. where we can all be vulnerable and really share um, organically, whatever might be coming up and recognize that we're not going through it alone. Because I think that's where I know for myself, like feeling like I was the only one experiencing something. And then the more I talk about it, the more I realize no other people (laughs) are either feeling the same way, have felt the same way, have experienced it. And I don't have to go through it alone just makes it the journey that much easier. So I appreciate you sharing that. If there was one thing to share with every woman in the world, one thing that you feel like you kind of figured out the game of of money with, what would it be? There's always another way to go get some money and you don't have to do it the way every man has gone out and built an empire. There is so many other ways and we have so many other resources. I think we're, and and we're so skilled and do not underestimate, even if you've been you know, stay at home mom and you just want to bake cookies, there is nothing wrong with going out and building a cookie empire. Trust me, I will come and buy them. So yep. <laughs> same. <laughs> so I think, I think stop. You need to pause to move yeah. forward, but like realizing that you probably are way more skilled than you give yourself credit for. And just take that out in the world and figure out how you can monetize it because it's worth something. I think we need to need to value ourselves a whole lot more with with our ability to make money and be wealthy and and there's nothing there's nothing wrong or shameful in any of that to to support your life and support you know your joy and and how to move forward with that yeah i love that what are your thoughts around specifically because i like to talk about this a lot like the same concept of expanding into building wealth. It's not selfish. It's not something to feel guilty or shameful about. What is your kind of drive and reason behind your desire to build wealth? Uh, I think actually like falling downward, like, and and I call it, that's how I kind of feel like going into bankruptcy because I had to like actually borrow money from my mother to pay for the bankruptcy attorney. Like it was just that low of a point and realizing that like, but wait a minute, like she immediately, like, she's like, no problem. You'll pay me back. I don't even worry about that. I'm like, oh yeah, I will. I I realized like I have the ability to come back from all of it. And I do have, uh, being wealthy was always kind of a, I was always in a mixed bag because I went to a private school, but I was not the wealthy kid in the private school, but I had a lot of very wealthy people I was around and I didn't think I was different from them and I wasn't, I was just as smart. I did just as well as everyone else. There wasn't anything wrong. And I think that was a thing is I, I saw that their lives were aligned by luck where I could build what like their parents built or their parents' parents built. And I was like, oh, well, I could do that. And my mother never, ever gave me the inclination that I could not do what I wanted to do. So I think that was uh, in like my grandmother and my, even my dad, like in dad's a whole different story. We could, that could be a whole other Like I never always felt great about myself, but I always thought, you know, being wealthy and moving upward, there was nothing wrong with that. It was what you did with it and who you shared that wealth with and who you um, decided to help and who you, how you helped yourself. Like there was nothing wrong with self-supporting and, and making, making something bigger. Like I, I mean, I'm honestly like right now I'm in a hotel at the beach. I took a week to just work by the beach and I'm going to go 
for beach walk after this. And yes. I'm already like eyeing like which beach house I want. And I don't feel bad about it. I'm like, oh, but all my family could come live here or come visit or any of that. So I, I like to think big and, and go for those big things. And I don't, I, I think we should just stop shaming ourselves for wanting things that are fair. Frankly, men have wanted for a thousand years and there's no reason why we shouldn't as well. Which beach are you at? Um, I'm in Encinitas, just just north of San Diego. So Nice. Yes, actually Lucadia more specifically. So I love the neighborhood here. So I come here a couple times a year just to work like remotely, regroup. And yeah, that's just kind of my deal. Mm, I love it. I love it. All right. To... Uh, wrap it up here. What, um, if you don't mind sharing just kind of any projects you want to make the community aware about, and then also where people can find you and connect with you. Bright box real estate. So I'm licensed in Colorado, but we're working on launching a basically how to step into managing your own properties. And if not, we can help you figure out what, what's the best direction on how, what to take, do with your real estate after you've purchased it. And then the other company I have is Shaco Solutions, and we do back-end operations, kind of more my accounting stuff. How do you handle all of your business stuff on the back-end systematically? Um, I love systems and computers. So um, so we teach around that, the best software is to use and whatnot. Brightboxrealestate.com and ShacoSolutions.com are the websites where you can reach out. Um, and we both we have Facebook groups for both of those as well, so you can find us. But um, yeah, we and we love to just chat about all of those things. So we can see if, uh, help people, basically it's all to help people get more money. So in one way or the other.